Welcome to On the Bluff, a Bluff City Media audio podcast. Stepping up to the microphone are your hosts, Gabe Kuhn and Christian Fowler. Now, let's get to the show. We are back. My guy, Gabe Kuhn. What's up, brother? I'm great. How are, uh, how are y'all doing? Y'all traveled back really early, um, earlier than you thought you would. You would have been coming back today. Yep. Had everything gone right. Are we doing all right? Uh, yeah, we're hanging in there. Kenny's got strep throat, so he's not doing all right. Well, but. he's over there in the corner, masked up. Yeah, masked up, shorty. <laughs> what is this? Are you a, are you a biohazard over there? The I just purge. heard a big announcement. Okay, let's hear it. it is a biohazard uh, <laughs> hazardous atmosphere? Yeah, atmosphere. I am. Yes, I'm masked up behind the wall over here so i don't get you boys don't, sick don't don't breathe too much yeah for real don't, don't breathe don't too much. F- i don't need i don't need strep in my life yeah don't fill I this talk room for a living brother don't fill that this room good. with your sickness yeah yeah but how how are y'all man i good? mean we're right. hanging in there do we really have to talk about this today we have to talk a lot Davis, about this sure? unfortunately but brother, yes come on, there's a lot to okay, get into let's let's not get into it no yet. we're not going um, to i'm just saying like, there is i'm a lot. saying like Weekend though, all said and done, cool, nice hotel, got yeah. to chill for a little bit until reality hit, right? For y'all? Yeah, it was like we were living in a dream world. Yeah. For a minute. We had a yeah. great a great hotel apartment type deal. Penthouse suite, you heard? Man, we you were hurt. fired up. Yeah. We were like, we're gonna get to be here all weekend. We were so if they would have won Friday night, we would have had press conference and practice with the team on Saturday. And then we were going to watch UFC 286 together, chill, yep. maybe have a couple tournament games on the laptop, UFC 286 on the television, Mac chilling, enjoying some uptown Columbus food. Uptown? How How is the food there? How is that? How is Columbus as a city? Uh, I hear decent things. It was actually way cooler than I was expecting. Like I said, I I think what I like when I looked up where we were at, we were in uptown, which I don't know the difference okay. between an uptown and a downtown. I'm not... I'm not cultured enough for that, but apparently we're in Uptown Columbus. Means you're uptown. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> but it was a, it was a cool spot. Like Wait, it, up, Uptown. Does that mean like you're north of the town, or like what is Uptown? There's a lot of Uptown. It was incredibly insightful, Gabe. It was. It sounds like it would be north of yeah. downtown. Up. <laughs> up. <laughs> Sound like an uncultured swine right now. Is Uptown north? He's uptown man. Yeah. But it was pretty cool. We only got to enjoy one local cuisine spot, but it was really good. Cuisine? What kind of cuisine? It was called Ash and M. We got some double smash burgers. Oh, fire. Oh, yeah. Yes. We rolled deep like that. Okay. What did we have? Double smash burgers and some some kind of, was it like garlic rosemary fries? Garlic rosemary fries, and they were 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 a little bit... Soggy by the time I Oh, what are you talking about? You want your garlic fries to be soggy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Put all that butter. Put all that... Shit on there. Yeah, they were so garlicky that we needed a needed some gum afterwards. Well, so. d- brush your teeth. Well, yeah, yeah. Eventually, brush your damn teeth. You Christian nasty. would let me kiss him until I brush my teeth. <laughs> well, so. don't do it now. Now don't you know why now. he's got strep throat. Yeah, for real. Golly. This I, guy. So what? What led to strep throat? You just woke up. He woke up Friday morning. Okay, and it was just there. I woke up Friday gone. morning and I was like, I don't feel very good. <laughs> And so we were doing some work, getting some stuff done, and then I think I left to go like do something, and then I came back. I went to CVS to go grab something, then I came back. To grab medicine. To grab medicine, yeah. I came back, and I fell asleep on the bed for like 
two and a half hours. Yeah. Which I don't I don't ever do. Ever. Yeah. So I was decent. I felt better Friday night. And then Saturday, obviously, we started driving back. And I think my pissed offness overrode my sickness on the way back. And then being able to watch the UFC 286 fight kind of um, stopped that from, you know, stopped the sickness. But then yesterday, man, I woke up and I felt like death warmed over. <laughs> I uh, that ain't bad. By the way, speaking of UFC 286, I'm sure we'll get to it in the hot three. Uh, Leon, I'm I'm impressed. Yep. I, Kenny was the only one last week who had that right. He said, okay, you're counting them out. Wait a second, and we'll figure it out. He wins by majority decision. I went to some local fights this weekend, Look brother. at you. It was good. It was nice. It was fun. Where was it? Attitude MMA fights. Only uh, promotion, I think, in uh, Memphis. And it was at the Memphis Music Room. Nice nice, nice venue. Nice event. Where, is, fun where is that? Uh, off summer. Okay. Basically. So Off not summer. it's not downtown. No, no, no. Okay. Off summer. But a nice venue. Cool fights to go see. Got to see a couple local dudes. Shout out Danny Barlow in the main event. Got got okay. a dub in two rounds with TKO by All TKO. Right. Ringside seats. It was cool stuff, man. The life of Gabe Coon, getting yeah. ringside oh, seats, massive, being spoiled. Dude. Huge. Spoiled like hell. I'll tell you that. I'm I so enjoyed ch- a few beers to try to drown the pain out of the Tigers. Yeah. Yeah. It was painful. It was, it was so damn painful, dude. Come on, dude. <sighs> That's ridiculous, man. I, re- I mean, like, it feels like it's a rule at this point for the Tigers. If they're going to get knocked out of any tournament or uh, postseason, it's got to be painful as hell. And there has to be some self-inflicted wounds that you can look back on and be like, well, that's where they lost the game right. ultimately. You can blame it on the officials all you want because the officials usually have a say on it, but it's usually, you know, free throws. Or turnovers. what we saw, turnovers, or not fouling up three with seconds on the clock. You know, yep. like it's usually something like that, but it has to be painful as hell. And it was, yeah, right to the core. Especially, let's. How about we set the scene? Let's set the scene here. So, Friday night, Kenny and I get to the arena approximately six forty-five Eastern time. Eastern time, yes. That is the time zone that yes. we were in. We get there about 6.45, go downstairs, enjoy some. We didn't enjoy it. <laughs> we didn't enjoy it. A little bit of food or something? Like, the, the food sucked. The food was terrible. Was it like, it's the it's the stadium food? Well, no, I just, no. Where, you? No, this was, I think it was provided by the NCAA. Can I complain for one second, Christian? Uh, absolutely. I just, it is unbelievable. Like, you... I'm grateful for the level of communication that our SID department at Memphis has with its media um, personnel. Personnel, Because we're talking about literally the NCAA tournament, regional tournament, and the guy who was the the coordinator, the the media personnel coordinator for that tournament is the SID at Ohio State. Mm -hmm. And this man was a joke. Like... Would oh, not. Oh, do we have names? Come on. His name is Wallenberger. Oh, yes. Call him out. And Let's this do dude, it. This dude, We're going to get banned from hell the NCAA yeah. tournament. Now. We're not going to be able to go next year. Whatever, man. Like this dude, <laughs> this dude, I mean, every media person from Memphis that I talked to said, man, I'm having to beg this dude for information. Like we got there the day of, the, that, that, I think that Thursday, and we were trying to, like all of a sudden all this information came out about media availabilities, interview, you know, locker room interviews with players and I'm like where's the schedule at I don't have it so I reached out to the guy 
I said, hey, man, what's going on? I need the schedule. Sends me the schedule over almost immediately. Then I'm trying to get information, QR codes for parking passes, all this kind of stuff, not getting yeah. any of it. And you know what he sends me? A thread email of like multiple other media members complaining about not getting the information. <laughs> and him, he just forwarded me his response to those 10 people saying, bro, where's my information at? I'm like, this mug is terrible. Good old Wallenberger. Tell you what. So that was a bad experience from the jump. And then we get there, and Christian, you can go ahead. Yeah, so we get there, and like, you know, as media, obviously they usually feed us and stuff like that, which if you complain about that, Whatever. you suck because we we get free food. Like, But you didn't enjoy the food. I mean, it, it happens. It happens. Usually no. it's pretty solid. It's okay. It was it's a meal. grilled vegetable wraps and tuna wraps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. my, fa- my face exactly, and they look. I wouldn't like have they, eaten. They we, looked like they were like four days old and had been like handled by a Igor. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so and we're not, <laughs> I don't I don't know if that was provided by the NCAA or by Wait, are Nationwide. We talking, are we talking like albacore, like scooped out tuna? What are we talking about? Yeah, with I mean the tuna? that's what it looked like. Just like straight sun kiss, <laughs> like out of the can. There we go. With some like Costco. Sun ki- is it called sun kiss or is it is yeah. it sun kiss yeah. or is it with no water anywhere? It was all cokes <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, there was no water. <laughs> no water anywhere. Actually, there was water. A tuna wrap with no water. There was water. These people are sick. There was They are sick people. There was not bottled water. There was ga- <laughs> there was Gatorade cooler water. That's that's straight up truth. <laughs> like uh, like spray out. Yes, yeah, so like, nice. okay. like, like into like that could be of, good, depending into one of those little NCAA <laughs> cups. <laughs> so, like I said, I don't know if the NCAA provided this oh. or if uh, if oh, Nationwide dude. Arena provided oh. this. If the, if the NCAA provided this, come on, guys. <laughs> Tuna wraps and no water. I can't think of anything worse. And the other one, the, so the other option was just straight a grilled vegetable wrap, no meat. I mean, it's better than tuna. But just straight grilled that's vegetables. Still better than tuna. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do but it either. I'm just saying. We took our happy butts up to the concourse and got Jets pizza. There you go. Well done. So you get Detroit like said, style. What'd you get? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Deep, it was yeah, it was all yeah, yeah. it was all deep dish. Um, so I don't know if the NCAA provided that or if Nationwide Arena provided that. If Nationwide Arena provided that, I get it. You're trying. If the NCAA provided that, you're a billion dollar industry. Tuna that's, wraps. That's with that's junk. Tuna wraps. I mean, like the AAC tournament in the Dickies Arena in Fort Tuna Worth. Wraps. Oh, they Their had food was fire. Fire. Like we had pasta one night, Alfredo, and like tomato sauce marinara pasta. We a had a, a full breakfast spread one morning. They had chicken and waffles. Dude. Chicken and waffles. Yeah, and they they hooked us up. Tuna wraps. Like usually. That's fantastic. Usually you get hooked up. They gave you folks cat food, bro. Yeah. <laughs> with, with, with Gatorade cooler water. Because we, we were starving. Show. Like, we hadn't eaten since like 11 o'clock that day. And we were like, we're just going to wait till, the, till we get to the arena to eat. And I walked up and Kenny was like, all right, I'm going to do this real quick. And then we can go get some food. And he walked back up and I was like, go look at the food. <laughs> and he was like, no way. So Wallenberger, what, what, he sounds like his first name would be like Howard or something. Howard Wallenberger. I don't think that's far off. I'll find out his name. I think it's Dan. 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 Oh, that that makes sense. Yeah. He's Daniel Wallenberger. Yeah. Hell yeah. Which, whatever. Kenny needs to let that go. This guy had to deal with a lot of people. A lot. But, I mean, that's why you have a regional site. You make money off of it. So, like, you should probably. It's also true. You're the SID for Ohio State, man. You don't think they have a lot of people? Where did you figure that out at? Because I saw his email address. Oh, really? Yeah, his title was. SID to Ohio State. I was like, 
This man has more media at Ohio State games than he does it than he does the NCAA regional stuff, man. It's probably true. But y'all got to see, by the way, before we hop into the Tigers, because I'm trying to avoid it. Yeah, I still haven't um, set the scene FD, yet. FDU. That's and, what uh, I'm. I, okay, that's continue. where I'm getting. That's where I'm getting. Okay, <laughs> my conversation was derailed because there was a lot of stuff that went on, and Kenny needed to get that off his chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. I needed a vent about Dan. Um, so we, we curb the food in the media room. We go up, eat Jets pizza. Bring it down to the media room. We're eating. We're watching the Purdue uh, FDU game on the screen. I think it was like a one or two point game, and it was just kind of going back and forth early in the second half. And it was just like, okay, like Purdue's going to take over this game at some point, right? And then it keeps going down and keeps going down. And then FDU's up by like six. And so obviously we're not media for either one of those schools. So all the floor seats were taken by... So we're in the tunnel, literally like the media room empty straight into the arena through a tunnel. Standing in the tunnel, like pretty much in the crowd. Like we're pretty yeah. much level with the crowd and we're in the FDU like parents section. <laughs> like it's all the parents and family of FDU players and stuff and they're going nutso. And so this game's going down. It just like, you can tell, and I was hearing a couple of the FDU fans talking, you could tell it was just like, Cautious optimism, yeah. cautious optimism, gotta be cautious optimism, and then oh my gosh, holy shit, we're, we're gonna, gonna win, win this game, <laughs> yeah, right. And then it goes nuclear, like the last probably minute and a half of the game was just well absurd. because that's the problem is like when you get into a game with a 16 seed, the crowd immediately takes the 16 seed side, dude. So it, Purdue is just there's gonna be no momentum there. No, it felt, no, they it were felt per, like it was a Purdue crowd. I, but, no, it was not a Purdue. But crowd. eventually, it was. all no. of the eventually, are you crazy? It was a Purdue crowd comparatively. Okay, probably like forty to sixty, but like sixty percent of the people may not have a rooting interest, or they're a fan of FAU or a fan of Memphis. They eventually take over sixty percent of that crowd at least. It sounded takes like over. It sounded like for the 80, sixteen seed. It sounded like eighty percent. Like it was going nuts. Everybody's rooting for the good story. Absolutely, because you know there's only like you're mentioning there's only so many fans of each team there, and then you just have people that live in Columbus that are coming right. to the game. And as you mentioned, the 16th seed is going to get that love, yes. especially if it's a close game. I mean, you heard it against FAU. You heard it against FAU yesterday. Yeah. My, I mean, I that game, though, watching Purdue just piss straight down their leg. Yeah. I mean, and they were playing like they had – you knew they had something to lose. Obviously, they're a one seed. You get that. But they played so tight down the stretch of that game. There's loose balls that they're scared to go get, and FDU is just going, going. nutso to go get them. Yeah, and 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 Purdue just like I, I've never seen a one seed against a 16 seed. That probably it shouldn't have even been there because Merrimack won the NEC. Right. I've never seen a one seed play that scared against a 16 seed. I guess Virginia versus UMBC. UMBC. But UMBC took off and beat the hell out of them. Right. So that was a different... They won by like 20, right? Yeah, that was a different ball game. Whereas this one was close down the stretch and Purdue, the moment against a 16 seed in Fairleigh Dickinson was too big for, for Purdue. Purdue. Yeah, like, that's me, so crazy to think about. It confirmed everything that Christian, you, and myself have been talking about for the last week of if we can... If the Tigers can get past FAU, yep, we are. I am not scared of this Purdue team because the pace got to them. Fairly Dickinson plays up and fast. down, so we see this happen right in front of yep. our eyes. Awesome to awesome to be there and see that. I mean, that's literally history. That's only happened twice, twice. in history. When was when was the Virginia UMBC like 2015, uh, 2016? So that would have been no twenty seventeen. It was the year before it was they won the, the year natty. before they won the natty. Yeah, twenty seventeen. Yeah. 
So for only or the 2018. Second, Something like 28 because they won in 2019. If I if I if my memory serves okay. correct, yeah. Whenever it was the year before they won the national championship, yeah. so to see that was awesome. And like the emotional high that that crowd was on was was nuts. Yeah. And so then it's like everyone's kind of looking around. Like all of us Memphis media members are talking, and we're like, oh my goodness. I was downstairs by the in the alley or kind of in the little the tunnel the tunnel area where the Tigers were coming out of. And I'm standing next to Mark Giannato from the Commercial Appeal. <laughs> right. And he gives me this look, and he just looks at me, and he goes, my wife is going to kill me. And I'm like, what's going on? He said, she's going to kill me because the Tigers are going to the Sweet 16 in New York next week. Yeah, that's what we're all thinking. We're all, of course. We're all sitting there thinking, and I'm sure every fan yeah. is thinking, everyone at home, even unbiased people are thinking, oh, my goodness, the Red Seas just parted for Memphis. Yes. And so it's just like, okay, here we go. All they got to do is beat this team. Yes, we know that they're a tough team. They won their conference, won 30-plus games, whatever. But as we talked about, Memphis is the better team. Memphis is the more talented team. They go out there and play 60% of the way they did in Fort Worth. Yep. They're going to they're be playing in Madison Square Garden next weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hate to break it to you, but it did not happen that way. Nope, it didn't. Unfortunate. Yep. I don't know what to say. I mean, do we start with the, the last things first or first things first? Last things first. Um, end of the game. Here's here's what really bothers me about the way that game ended. One, of course, Tigers get knocked out and you had a free ride to the Sweet 16. But also, Kendrick Davis being who he was for this team all year, 21.5 points a game, 5.5 assists per game, should have been the AAC player of the year. Probably the best player in Penny Hardaway's era as the coach. Gets you to your second straight NCAA tournament. Was unbelievable in a championship game to knock off the number one team in the country for an AAC championship. And then he has a turnover that's so costly at the end of the game that I I honestly think a timeout should have been called. But that's the self-inflicted wound that left it to the officials to try to sort out. Yep. And I... This is unfortunate because I think when good things happen, as fans, as media members, what you remember, um, you, you remember some of the good things. You remember, you know, what he was able to do. But that play, in a lot of ways, will define what we remember about this season in particular. And it was his one season, and he was so phenomenal. But that one play derailed a lot of the positive things. That that people are going to remember from this season. Yeah, it, I mean it's tough watching that, right? Because like you said, he's been the engine. He's been he's had the team on his back all year long, and then in the biggest moment, in the biggest game, bum ankle and all, bum ankle and all, needed to get across the eight seconds. He was trying to call, push. Yeah, call a timeout. He was freezing up a little bit. He and, was losing it, and he just let it fly. Not as bad as Virginia, but yeah, it wasn't a hail mary. Yeah, do you do you think that all of the nastiness going on in the in the huddle previous to that when he hurt his ankle, him and Malcolm start pushing each other. I thought about this. Did that affect how he played and perceived the game down the stretch? Cuz it felt like after all of that, they're freaking out at each other. They're losing it. It felt like they never really got back to calming themselves down. He was pressing 
he was uncomfortable. Kendrick, yeah. especially. I mean, and when Kendrick and when Kendrick is pressing and uncomfortable, you know the rest of those guys follow in his footsteps. Right, he's the leader, so they all come down a notch as well. I mean, that to me, that's the most unfortunate part is because as soon as that happened, I just kind of looked around and was like, "That's it." You're not. I mean, there are what four minutes left. Biggest game of the year, massive moment. You're not getting that back on the rails in four minutes. No, it it was. Or are you talking about the when they when went they after each other in the huddle? Correct. Because yeah. from what I gather, and this is you know this is not like 100 percent confirmed, but just from being on the court and kind of hearing the interactions in the huddle yeah. and everything, what I believe happened is either Kendrick wanted Malcolm to flash to the basket. Or post up and have his back turn. Malcolm's turned towards the goal. Kendrick just fires it up. Ends up, and I still, I still haven't went back and watched a replay. Did he land on the ground or did he land on his foot? He landed on uh, the defender's foot. Right, so it should have been a twisted. foul. Anyway. It should have been a foul. Yes. Um, Didn't give him space to land. Right. And I think he was in the moment angry at Malcolm because instead of him getting the ball down low, he shot it and then got injured. Obviously, fully coincidental like yeah. obviously Malcolm didn't go kick him in the ankle or anything but he was mad at that moment because he felt like if Malcolm would have done what he was supposed to there would have been no issue with the shot there would have been no ankle twist and then it just chain reaction Malcolm and Kendrick get into it Alo and Jaden are kind of going at each other Frank Haith lost his mind I mean yeah. it, it was it was just like a whole season just blew up right there because they haven't done this no, all year. No, Kendrick has been so level-headed. The whole team so has, the whole but, team has but, been. But especially Kendrick Absolutely. has been so level-headed through the whole process. And I get where NCAA tournament, first time, uh, it, it's a tight game against a team you think you should beat. You roll your ankle. I can see where the endorphins and everything gets you out of your character to a certain extent. But that, like, that had an effect on that team down the stretch because offensively after that, if it wasn't a DeAndre putback, they weren't getting into anything. They weren't comfortable on that end. And they were just – they were fighting for their lives down the stretch of that game. Let me speak to that for one second. Having, having an opportunity to be on the floor for most of those home games, um, you know, Kendrick is a – I would say he's absolutely the vocal leader in the, in the huddle. Um, he is a very, very aggressive leader in that huddle. Um that is not the first time that he has freaked out on people in the huddle. Um, but push, him and, him and DeAndre, people. him and DeAndre get into it at least three times a game. But pushing, and DeAndre, shoving, DeAndre's and, a little more level-headed than Malco, I think, in that regard. And I, but it just felt different than what any of the other times that I'd seen that. It felt different this time. It was just a very unique situation where it felt like it was a. A lot of pent up stuff that just came overflowing on the on the where, on the court. Where I'm coming from is okay on the on the court. He's level headed. Maybe he gets fiery in the in the in the huddles, but he doesn't outwardly show that to fans to all these guys sitting courtside. He right. doesn't, and right. that's what happened that time. He lost it. Yeah, he lost it. He lost his cool, and I I think ultimately that was a big strike against the Tigers down the stretch of that game, and. I hate that. I really do. I, I also think that if you go after the officiating at the end of that game, you're you're well within your right to do that. You're yeah. well within your damn right to do that. Yeah, it was bad. So we talked. And about, I thought they missed some travels oh, by dude. FAU the whole second half. <laughs> I've never met. I've never <laughs> seen that many missed travels I mean, and, in a game. And, 
Um, I mean, they they added time to the clock that wasn't there, like yep. on the on the TV copy, because that's what I was watching. There should have been about point four, point five. They put on point seven, so you give them just enough time to heave up a three that they ended up having as a two, and then they changed it two later. So you come yeah. back from a break, and it's sixty sixty. You go, damn man, yeah. the lead's gone now. Yeah, I, yeah I, it, it was, was man. It was it was weird the whole game because, like I said, traveling is a pretty is a pretty obvious call most of the time. Yeah. And in that second half, there was had to be somewhere between three to five travels that were missed, which is strange. Yeah. Like, you just don't see travels missed very often. And then I know you've had some people say that the jump ball thing was whatever, that, you know, Memphis fans were overblowing it. Shoot. But I, mean, I, haven't, I, I haven't seen much of that, to be honest. There, with there's me. been some of it. You know, I mean, there's you know, a lot of probably, damn articles about the Tigers getting screwed. Right. Like, this, now, is, this is national. I'd say national media when I've oh, seen there, the coverage of it. It's like 80% there's been about a, that should have been a timeout. There's been a lot of national it, media talking about it. My issue is, too, like FAU never possessed that ball. No. Never did. Jaden had his hands all Both over hands. that thing. Both hands. Alex Lomax, Kendrick Davis, the bench, all timeout. signaling for timeout. Yeah. And dude ties it up when they didn't even have the ball yet. Eventually they got there. After, right. Like, you know, once you have the continuation right. of the play. But they had already called a jump ball. I mean, I'm so I'm I was sitting on the floor on the opposite end of where that play happened. And as it's happening, I'm like, oh, that's that's Memphis's ball. Yeah. Like, I mean, even from down there. Not on top of the ball. It was clear and obvious that Jaden had possession. Timeouts were called, and I was like, "All right, they're they're pointing that way." And then the, he throws the jump ball, and I'm just like, "Whoa!" And then I'm kind of looking around, like, "Where's possession arrow?" And uh, I look up and I see it pointing towards FAU, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I I I remember being at where I was with some buddies, just watching the game at a house. Um, all Tiger fans, of course. And I just turn, I say, okay, 5.5 seconds left on the clock. 99% of the time in March, this, this ends in, in a two, yep. and this ends in the Tigers losing. And that's exactly what damn happened. And I think another error, self-inflicted, is coming out of the timeout. Penny Hardaway said it after the game. He said, when, when he was talking to Elijah and everybody about defense on that play, he said, force them to take a jump shot. Don't let them get to the rim. That's the last thing we can have happen. And Elijah, what does he do? First thing... Uh, first thing he sees is a ball fake. Not an overly good ball fake no, from Nick Boyd, by the way. Jumps up, overcommits, and just the easiest finger roll right there in the middle of the paint you'll ever see yep. in that game. I, I mean, mean, that's another self-inflicted wound. Elijah where, left his feet just enough for him mm, to get by him. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just, you know what Penny was preaching in that in that that entire oh, yeah. timeout, make them shoot. Yeah, don't let them get to the let basket. let them win by a damn. Let them win by a. If they hit a jump shot, they hit a jump shot. Right, they earned it. Yeah, but a you free layup. Let them get right to the teeth of your defense. And here's here's another point that sucks about the Kendrick Malcolm situation. I believe Malcolm's in the game at that point in time. If that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. As a rim protector, I think it makes. I mean, it's not. We can't say definitively like Malcolm would have been in that game, but it was just like after that they kind of just put him there and left him there. Yeah, they didn't want them. Clearly, didn't want them two on the floor together. And it's like, man, Chandler it, was your rim protector on Ch- that play, yes. right? Chandler it didn't get over. Chandler was coming on backside help and didn't get there. And it's like that's where Malcolm Maybe. excels. Yeah, and if he's there, 
Maybe he at least fouls him. Yeah. Or maybe he blocks it. I I also think for Malcolm, down the stretch of that game, he gave great minutes. I'll say that right now. Yeah. But damn, this entire year, and especially in that game, he'll give you those spurts of awesome basketball, and then he just starts to slow down. Yeah. That conditioning I, th- I, th- starts I, th- to I think he was away. in the game for too long. Yeah. And that, think, you can play him for spurts. Right. He's been shown to do that. But, but then eight to twelve minutes, he starts solid. Getting, he he starts getting tired from minute nine to twelve if right. you play him twelve at a time. Right. Like, and I mean, he missed what fifteen, probably fifteen twenty yeah. games this year. Fair amount. And of he's that. only was it twenty? Probably not that many. Maybe so, fifteen. Yeah. But I mean, he hasn't been back for a ton of games. Maybe seven, eight games that he's mm-hmm. been back. And so to see, I mean, we haven't seen him all year play like a 10-minute stretch like that. So to see that, and I know he was playing well. I know he was protecting the rim. I know he's getting rebounds. But it's just like he was in the game a little bit too long. One thing going into that game, if you would have told me that DeAndre and Kendrick were going to put up a dud, go a combined 10 for 30, I would have told you, damn, Tigers are going to lose that game. I did not. But if you would have told me that, I would have been like, there's no, there's no damn chance. It's not even going to be close. There's yeah. no chance. One of them is going to be fine. Yeah. And they both struggled. Kendrick struggled, had his ankle hurt. DeAndre with had the four fouls. Two at half. And I, two points at half. What, what, really struck, what really struck me about the second half, too, with DeAndre, Penny gambled. And for the most part, it worked. Yeah. For the most part, you need to have DeAndre in your closing lineup if you want to go win games. Now, there were a couple times where DeAndre knew he couldn't foul on the defensive side and gave up easy layups because of that, and I respect that. But um, I thought Penny made that gamble, and it was about as good as he could have done in that moment. Absolutely. I mean, when when he came back in with what, 10 minutes? He came back in with 10 minutes left? You hear people are just, I mean, whether it's Twitter, people I was with, what the hell is he doing in the game with 12 minutes to go with four fouls out there? I'm telling him, he has to. He He has to be. If you're... You have rode him this long. You have to trust. He's got to be moment. in there you because because what do you do if you look up and you're down by thirteen? Yeah. Because you sat DeAndre for eight minutes because of fouls. Yeah. Then you're really kicking yourself. Yeah. But credit to DeAndre on not, you know, picking up that fifth foul. Like you said, he had to play not like DeAndre at sometimes to avoid getting that fifth foul. But I but, mean, that's one of those guys that you'd ra- you you'd rather lose with him on the floor than without without him in those last four minutes the Tigers didn't have offense no so he was massive to actually keeping them in that game and keeping it as close as it was he had the and one he had a couple of putbacks like he that the last four minutes he started playing a lot more aggressive because he knew it was sort of it was make time. Or break yeah and and he was massive at that time so I mean I know there's a lot of people that are sort of going back and forth about what he what Penny could have done in that moment I thought ultimately he made the right decision truthfully I agree, but this one is a tough one, man, because this one, you, you don't know what it's going to look like in two or three years when people look at, look back on uh, this season and what this team did, but where we're sitting right now in this moment, it's hard to believe that this season won't be looked back on, at least partially, for what could have been. FAU is scheduled to play the University of Tennessee on Thursday night mm. at 8 o'clock. In Madison Square Garden. Tennessee versus Memphis in the Sweet 16. Holy Good God, stop it. Don't even say that. <laughs> Could you imagine? Could you damn imagine? Because Rick Barnes is never scheduling Penny ever again no. in the regular season. We ain't, we, we're not going to see that matchup. And for this would have been our one chance. For Memphis to get them in the Sweet 16 in, <sighs> Ma- in Madison Square Garden. And I would Garden. like their chances. I, I would like too. their chances. I would too. Even, I, though, even though Tennessee looked really good against they, Duke. Yeah. I still would like their chances. Absolutely. But that's not the case. Yep. 
FAU's there. Mm. It's Brother. tough. It's that, tough. That's, the, that's, again, I mean, if you just toss out, like, that fairly Dickinson, say Purdue won, you feel a little, oh, you feel like, you, do. Oh, you, f- you don't feel the worst. No. You, f- you feel bad. You feel bad. Right. You f- especially if you lost it this way, you still feel bad. But if Purdue would have won, you just feel like, okay, okay, well, it's a one seed. You still had to go through them to, to make a decent run, the run that you want. But fairly Dickinson and what? Do you think that got to the guys? Do you think they sort of had that in their mind going into the game? Kind of hard not to. I, I don't know, but I think it could have absolutely because. There's no doubt that this whole weekend, at least a little bit of Purdue and Zach Eday has been in the back of your mind. Yeah. Like, there's no way that Memphis hasn't had a coach scouting Purdue because you have a one-day turnaround before you have to play him again. So, somebody's been scouting Purdue in that building, I'm sure. Well, Penny, Penny had said, I think, in some of his press availability that he had did a, he had done did a, a little, little research on them. Yeah. He obviously didn't put it on the guys yet, but he did a little early right. scouting. He needs to. So, you he needed know, to. You know, and, and just – College kids being college kids, paying attention to ESPN, NCAA tournament, and all this. You know what's around the corner. Yeah, we talked about. I mean, everybody, everybody I, in, in the locker Memphis room. Media, I guarantee there was discuss, at least a couple of discussions about guys. Did you just see that? That's who we play next. Yeah, if we get through this game, right? And I think it. I don't know. I don't know what it does to you mentally in that situation, but maybe it takes some of that tightness away. Just that, like we have to play. Yeah to the best of our ability to get to the Sweet 16. And it's like, well, now we kind of don't. We get to play a 16 seed yeah. if we win this game. Yeah. So, I don't know. The look-ahead factor is a lot less if Purdue wins. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe Purdue wins, Memphis wins this game, and would have played Purdue yesterday. Obviously, I mean, who knows? this is speculation. We it's, do that every time. It's fun, though, we do it time to time. But, it's like, fun. I think there's something to that mentally. There is. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely agree. Now, um, I guess from here – 26 and 9, finished 24th in the AP poll. 23rd in the net was the finish. 19 in Ken Palm. You win an AAC tournament. Like overall season thoughts. It's very successful. Yeah. Regar- regardless of it's, what happened. It's wrapped in a disappointment in the NCAA tournament. No question. You can't, you can't hide from that. There's no getting away from that. But looking at the season as a whole, because what, what did we, did we really think Memphis was going to make the Sweet 16? We thought it was a possibility. A tournament bid was what you were hoping. A for. tournament bid is what you wanted, maybe a first round win. That's that was the absolute max expectations on this team at the beginning of the year, and they hit that. Now, when you the devil's in the details, and when you look at the details, it hurts, and it's gonna hurt Memphis fans for a long time, and we know that just because yeah. of what could have been. The stars couldn't align any more perfectly. Yeah. Kind of as we've hinted at, it just it doesn't happen like that. The the storybook doesn't write itself like that. Like a like I said, that was straight out of a movie and they just didn't yep. show up. But regardless, successful season, absolutely. This this team wasn't supposed to be this good. This wasn't supposed to be a top twenty five team in the country. Uh this team wasn't supposed to win the AAC tournament championship. They weren't supposed to beat the number one team in the country. No, this team didn't look Four like and they one had in the that. SEC schedule, right. probably not in the books. No, not at, at, the at all. Beginning of the year. And you look back on what this team accomplished, very successful season. Penny did an incredible job. Kendrick and DeAndre were amazing. The new look coaching staff really shined at times. There's no bad to take away from this season 
until this. I, I, it's it's funny because like I've always said, you know, if the guy's name wasn't Penny Hardaway, it would be a different conversation nationally, especially 111.52, two NCAA tournaments in a row, two in five years, two in four years because 2020 he couldn't have done it. Um, and honestly, this tournament bid was locked in from what February on. Like you just sort of knew, yeah. If they take care of business against inferior opponents, they'll be good, and they did, and they did for the most part. But you were four and one in that SEC slate. You played the number one t- team in the country at home. It took a buzzer beater for them to beat you. Then you had eighteen thousand in the seats. That's why you brought in Penny Hardaway, right? Is to have eighteen thousand in the seats. You end up beating that team in the AAC tournament. You win the AAC tournament for the first time in. Uh, ever. 10 years well, well first well, time for, ever co- first, first conference, conference tournament, tournament in, in, in a decade yeah um like you look at all those accomplishments man it was a hell of a season but that failure there at the end of that game and that in-game situation just looms so large and it's brutal to see but i think ultimately i don't th- i don't know how you look at the entire the entirety of this season and say anything other than damn full success. The question I have is would you rather be disappointed by a non showing in the NCAA tournament? Like not getting a bid, not getting oh, a hell seed, no. Absolutely or not. losing in the first round like Absolutely the way they not. Did. The NCAA tournament was the was the bar. Right. Right. So you had to get that. And then it would it would have if you didn't make the NCAA yeah, tournament full disappointment. I think that's a disappointment. Yeah, if they would have been the NIT, right? it would not it would not have been a good look. But there was never really a, a big thought. I guess after that first Temple loss, you're like, okay, wh- where do we go from here? I think we had Temple. conversations. Tulane or Tulane loss. Sorry. Yeah. After that first Tulane loss, you said, okay, where the hell do we go from here? Right. And I guess after that, it was the Temple close call on right. the road. You said, where the hell do we go from here? Yeah. And from. A couple games after that on, you just knew that this was a tournament team. They looked like a tournament team. They fit the bill. They had two stars. And it felt like that was always sort of going to be in the books for them. And but in I, that AAC tournament, they looked like a team that could beat anybody yep, in the country. Yeah, 100%. And I told – I, you know, I, it's so funny, man. Like, you know, when you, everybody knows this who's played sports in their life. Momentum is a hell of a um, of, of a thing to have, right? And And – when they were in the AAC, when they were in the AAC tournament in Fort Worth, playing those three games back-to-back, three days, you could tell there was a level of momentum that they were carrying. And I even asked DeAndre, I think it was on Tuesday before they left to go to uh, Columbus, I asked him, I said, you know, is that something that you are aware of, like the momentum that you guys came out of Fort Worth with, did you just want to go straight to Fort- to Columbus and keep playing? Because – those four days, man, coming back home, back to those daily grind issues that they might be having, back to those, you know, girl issues, whether it be schoolwork stuff, you know, bills, you know, piling up, like those kinds of things. Like the real world hits you again, and then you got to go back and try to re recapture that momentum that you had four days ago. And that's a brutal thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I had questions about that, honestly. I didn't know. I was like, you know, what – is DeAndre especially? Are you going to be able to continue this momentum? Are you concerned about that? And he said straight up, he goes, you know, we got a coach that make that that keeps us in kill mode on constant basis, and and clearly it didn't happen on on Friday. It didn't come together. No, this season will always have a butt behind. Yes, it. for sure. Which most of them do. You yeah. know, only one team. Only wins only, only one team wins it. But I, mean, but I mean, would there have been a butt if they got to the to Elite the Sweet, 8 16. Or Sweet Sixteen? No, probably not. For some people, there would have been. I mean, well, but is. we lost to Tennessee or right. whatever. However, it would have shook out. You know what I mean? But like, I, I mean, 
all losing things, in the first round is a big. There's a big butt there. There to is a team that's going to be in your conference next year. Yeah. All things considered, it was a successful season, but it still hurts. Yes, it does. Um, before we get to the hot three, Gabriel, our favorite sports coming back at yeah, least for a month. Foosball. At least for a month. That old football. Spring practice began on Sunday. Real quickly. You have any pressing questions, sir? Real quickly. Day one. What are you? Ball? What are you looking forward to? Like, what? What uh, do you want to see? Friday night stripes. Like, what are your biggest things that you want to see in that game going in towards the twenty three season? You know what I want to see. Come on, brother. Come on, brother. The big ugly. Come on, brother. You we gotta to see D line. We gotta see O line. The size. Who? And honestly, I think more than more than seeing what the size is and and how they look. I just want to see who of the new guys can really make a quick impact because spring is when they get used to them. And by the time we get to Friday Night Stripes, you'll get a you'll get a pretty decent look into what their rotation looks like on the D-line, what their O-line may look like come fall. So I got to see who emerges out of there. You know, is Chris Morris going to be a, a, one of the starting tackles for this team? Or like how how do how do they go is Xavier Hill going to be an interior piece? Like how do they go about balancing this spring, learning quick, and where will they be by the time we get to Friday Night Stripes? Well, since you took the the biggest storyline, I'll get a little more creative here. Um, I'll be looking for playmakers to step up. 100%. That would have been my second, yeah. by the way. Demir the, Blankham, see what does he look like? Toski Dove. Toski Dove, yep. But I think for Memphis fans, especially it doesn't matter. Like, But who's going to be that guy that steps up? Because in years past – this time of year is when those budding stars started to come about. I, I recall the spring is when Kenny Gainwell started to come into it's his own. It's when Gabe Coon. It's when it's it's, it's when Gabe Coon became a grown man, <laughs> and and eventually turned into an all conference offensive lineman. Hell I mean, yeah. this is what dreams are made of, man. Yes. yes. Um, it's when Tony Pollard started to break out at one point in his career. It's when. Um, who else? Who am I missing here? It's when Calvin Austin started to come into his own. It's when Antonio yep. Gibson yep. started to get into a groove uh, playing receiver. So this is a time of year. There's no pressure to an extent. There's no pressure of games. There's obviously pressure of performing on a daily basis, but there's no game pressure. There's no game planning pressure. It's just go out there and play ball and go earn see, a spot. see who your best players are. Yep. And they need playmakers to step up. They need guys that are going to lead them offensively this upcoming season. And even more so, you talk about playmakers. I want to see which playmakers create that synergy with Seth Hennigan early. Because, he, he, I mean, he's going to run the show. Yep. He's the starter next year. He's got to immediately, whoever's going to be on the field with him has to have the timing right, right. has to work with him outside of practice hours, those type of things. And another small, smaller one. We've heard Ryan – We've heard him talk consistently about a running back, a lead back that he wants. He doesn't want to rotate consistently. What does the backfield look like by the time we get to Friday Night Stripes? Who separates themselves there? I still think there will be three guys sharing carries, but I think one guy ultimately, Ryan, wants to be taking 70% of those touches. They need he, a true he, RB1. They need an RB1, so yeah. he'll be looking for that. That That's something they're going to try to get done this offseason, and we'll see who can do it. There's no lack of bodies back there. Nope. That's for sure. All right, well, we got the hot three coming on the other side, but before we get there, let's take a moment, hear from some, some sponsors. 
Sometimes, some sponsors. Sometimes words are hard, especially for me. But anyway, let's hear for our sponsors. And on the other side, my friend Gabe Kuhn and I will be back with the Hot Three. What's up, guys? I'm so excited to announce that we have partnered with Coaching for Literacy, and you can read more about them at coachingforliteracy.org or follow them on social media at Coaching for Literacy. Your subscription to Bluff City NIL is 100% tax deductible because of our partnership together. Thank you for supporting Memphis Tiger student-athletes and helping promote the monumental cause of childhood literacy. We think Kenny brings us in. Let's hear it. It's going to be weird. Let's hear it, Kenny. I'm feeling very mellow. Okay, there we go. Yes, no good. Mellow. Yeah, yeah, none yeah, of that. I'm feeling rather muted tonight, fellas. Okay, I get it. You're My throat's on fire. Sick. Okay. Y'all ready? How's that going to take your production skills when you, when we edit? Oh. How's it gonna take it? No, like, how are you gonna be? Like, are you gonna have to go to sleep early and like leave some leave some work, leave some some uh, meat on meat that on bone? The bone? I'm soaking meat on what bone? <laughs> okay, all right, let's get into it. What we got? What's what's first, Kenneth? <laughs> all right, so we just got done talking a lot about um, the Tigers NCAA tournament um, kerfluffle. Um, <laughs> That's a great word. Let's uh let's talk about some of the surprises from the these past two two uh two week well I guess one weekend these last two rounds. What are some big surprises that you guys have seen so far? Um, obviously oh. FAU oh. handling business, Purdue pissing down their leg, Furman, um, Furman, Virginia, it Virginia absolutely tossing the bag away. Yeah, kind of kind of like the Tigers a little bit. Not as bad, yeah. not as bad. But a fifth I mean, year, a fifth year senior. Yeah. Throwing the ball away. I mean, it's very, it's very similar, brother. Texas A and M CC knocking off Alabama. That didn't happen. Oh, yeah, no. um, I'm just, I'm just making sure you're paying attention. I'd say that's the, all. I'd say the big, the big thing that's interesting to me so far, just on a big picture, Kansas, Duke, Kentucky, all gone. No North Carolina in the tournament. So it's like, I, I think it's. So I have it in front of me. Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, Kentucky, have not failed the to make the Sweet 16 since 19. 19- 79 i guess 2021 as well but um there's only been four times in history those four teams have not made it one not one of them has made the sweet six that is a wild stat and yeah. kansas kansas that, i mean arkansas everybody called that upset i didn't see it for a while but arkansas there's a reason no one can quit that damn team yep anthony black jordan walsh is unreasonable on defense yeah he has he's got to get more of an offensive bag but, but he's defensively unreasonably good on defense yeah and then, you know, Nick Smith Jr. They got some dudes, man. They got dudes. And they have Muss, who's just an Elite Eight fiend. Take that shirt off. What'd you think about that? It's a little strange. He's but a man of the people, but also no, it's also strange to me. Do you think? Um no body hair. Not even a little bit of body hair. You think he waxes? He might either wax or shave or something. Or maybe he's just one of those naturally he's hairless a, men. He's a hairless one. Hairless, hairless guy. Um, so no blue bloods left in the tournament. I mean, do you are Gonzaga, Gonzaga and UCLA aren't considered blue bloods, right? UCLA, I mean, blue, UCLA, UCLA for sure. Yeah. And Gonzaga kind of, but they've never won a championship, like a, so people right. are sort of out. Yeah, they're really the blue bloods of the mid, like the 
the second of the final four. Yeah, right. They're the blue but, bloods of like the second second tier. But Duke, UNC, Kansas, Kentucky not making a Sweet Sixteen only four times in history. It's crazy. That's wild. Absolutely crazy. Okay, let's talk about the Sweet Sixteen. Give me All your right. give me your two favorite matchups to watch. Oh, without question, Zags UCLA and Vegas. Come on, we can't. I mean, they played each other there last November. Zags won by twenty. It's a heater. Uh, that last tournament game they had. You remember that one? Yep. Come on, everybody. I remember where I was. I was at Rail Garden hanging out with some people during the tournament, and I saw Jalen Suggs hit a half court shot Filthy. to bust UCLA's bubble. Yep. So that's the first one, and the other one. Miami, Miami Houston, Houston. come on, man! Yeah, and I, I, I believe in Miami. You've been on that Miami bandwagon. I believe in Miami. Now Baylor let me down pretty substantially, but Miami versus Houston should be interesting. Houston, you know, Marcus Sasser had 22 points, so he looks like he's a little more healthy. But that Miami team, regardless of health for Houston, I think they're 10th in adjusted offensive efficiency, and Houston's fourth in adjusted defensive efficiency. Something's got to give. Something. Something. Let's not forget about Michigan State, Kansas State, man. That well, way to way to take my thunder, big guy. <laughs> <laughs> that game is gonna be a banger. I forgot that you were the host and I'm oh, the producer. Oh, oh, he says he says Kenny's just pushing buttons over there. He oh, said, oh he just turn said, off that mic, cut I, that mic off. You know off. what happened? This man got too comfortable on camera <laughs> over the weekend, and now he's coming in taking my thunder. He knows K State's my team. He said no. I like K State too. No, you I love K State too. K-State, you know, I've been on K-State like you've been on Miami. K-State's my team. I got them in the championship game against UCLA. Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson are balling Marquise out. Marquise Noel, good God, man. He's a, he's a baller. 44 points, 23 assists in two tournament games. But Michigan State's been playing ball, man. They beat USC pretty handily, and then they beat Marquette pretty handily. And Marquette was playing really good. Cam Jones was absurd in that game against Vermont. Shout out ECS, what? former what? ECS. Go ahead. My bad. No, you're good. I don't want to cut you off. You're good. I don't want to cut you off. I don't want to do you like that. I'm Go good. Ahead. ECS. Yeah, former ECS star. Cam yeah. Jones, Marquette. That's it. Um, Izzo, listen, he's got the one championship, so it is what it is. He's been to two, but 24 and seven in the second game of an NCAA tournament. 24 and seven, bro. Yeah, the dude knows so, how to win. He's three and one against two seeds as a seven seed. Did that again this weekend. Mm-hmm. And he's now got 16 wins as a lower-seeded team in the tournament. That's the most such wins for any coach in NCAA tournament history. When he, he sort of squeaks by during the regular season, struggles with that Big Ten schedule, right? and then he gets in the tournament, and his it's guys take dangerous. advantage. It's when he's he, dangerous. He, and, you know, <laughs> that team, I guess on the surface, isn't overly scary. You know, Joey Hauser is a really good player, but he's not overly scary. Uh, nope. A.J. Hogarth's not overly scary as the guy setting up everything. But, damn, man, they play good ball they on click. both ends. But, yeah, I mean, when you just look up and down the Sweet 16, this is – is the Sweet 16, you think, this is the, the funnest part of the tournament? Yeah. I, I, like, you sort of separate you separate the men from the boys, if you will. Right. It's like, okay, who's really capable of winning a national championship this year? Um, but yeah, I, I'd say so. Still a fair amount of games to go watch day to day. Yeah, just oh, it's four four in a day. I think what I like about the Sweet Sixteen and Elite Eight weekend is that you still have tons of conferences involved, yep. right? Like teams that would never play each other in in a regular season. You know, like San Diego State versus Alabama. Like that's going to be a hell of a game. Yep. I don't know if it will. I have I have Bama big. 
I got Bama big. They could. San Diego State shot the lights out. Because exactly, exactly well what we Furman. exactly what we talked about with Alabama. Can those guards step up in the tournament? Javon Quinterly has twenty. JQ had twenty two the <laughs> like, other night, on, and like, they roll. And Brandon, Brandon Miller, Miller in that scored first game zero, had zero again. And, and they I scored ninety six. A and M Corpus Christi, but, but still, good lord, man! Like they, they're so talented. And I know that people can talk about Nate Oates not having an answer when they're not hitting the three ball, but they're they're someone. I feel like through the the entirety of this tournament is going to step up on that team any given night. Yep. And then you got Xavier Texas. That should be a really good game. Hey, shout out Sean Miller, man. Yeah. That's pretty damn impressive that what is. he's been able to do in a short time. Turning around. Uh, Creighton-Princeton. So, two yeah, lower okay. seeds. Princeton beat Arizona and then beat the hell out killed of Missouri. 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 They, something about them 15 seeds, brother. I don't know what it is. They lost to Norfolk State in, what, 2011, 2012 as a two seed. And then they lose to Princeton in that game where I thought that was – they were minus 300 on the money line. I thought right. that was written in the stars for them to be a sweet 16 team. Yep, and then the painful FAU versus Tennessee. We yep. won't spend any more time on that. Arkansas-UConn, really good game. UConn's one of those teams that could win it, but Arkansas has already shown they're capable of beating what a lot of people believe was the best team in the country in Kansas. Make Adama Sanogo uncomfortable. You can beat That's what UConn. you got to do. But I, And I think Arkansas can do that. They got Makai Mikel Mitchell. They got some dudes that could really bother him as big men that can move their feet. Yep. So we'll see. Arkansas, though, this whole year, I picked them as my preseason, one of my final four teams. And I didn't think it'd be possible once they got in the tournament because, you know, no Trayvon Brazil. You don't know where the offense is coming from. But Must just finds a way. Here they, they are. They find a damn way. And I thought in that Kansas game, they had been, they were down by 10 at one point, 11 yep. at one point, and they just clawed kept, their way back against a really damn good Kansas team. All right, Ken Dog, number two. It's a big week for the Memphis Grizzlies. Obviously, they have been um, struggling to kind of keep their head above water, even though they've won five of their last six. I think they've been playing pretty well the last, you know, six games. But um, obviously, they've been playing without Ja Morant for the last eight games. Um, he's coming back, boys. It looks like he's going to be back um, in on Wednesday. I forget who they're playing. Do you remember? They're, who they're playing, playing the Rockets. They're playing the Rockets Wednesday and Friday. Yep. What are y'all's thoughts, man? Like him coming back? Like, is this what should what should Grizzlies fans expect as they bring back John Morant? I don't think he misses a beat on floor. I don't think, <laughs> like, I don't think there's gonna be any issues at all. I don't think that's. I think a it's just a happy. It's happy news, right? Yeah. Like this is positive news for them, and you're heading into a part of your schedule where you need to start showing your ability to really play ball against teams like the Mavs tonight, for example, or while we're recording. Right. That's a team that you need to – that's who they'd be faced up against in a, in a playoff series. You have to show your ability to beat those teams in the Western Conference, and you're getting job back. Steven Adams may come back for the playoffs. Like, everything feels relatively positive. They've won, what, three of their last five. Yep. Um, or five and three in their last eight. Sorry, yeah. I was wrong on that. Jaron Jackson's been playing Jaren's out of his mind. Jaron's been playing awesome. It would be great to see Jaron and Ja – keep playing on these types of levels I think, night to night. I think that's a big thing for Ja also, right? Like, this team hasn't completely floundered without him. You know, they, they kind of, when he first went out, but that's expected with kind of the turmoil that was surrounding the team. But now they've kind of got it back on the rails. Like you mentioned, five and three in their last eight, they've been playing really good. Jaron Jackson, 
we're recording this on Monday night, so they're playing the Mavs right now. But up until this point, twenty five plus in the last uh, he had, three games. He had, he had he had fifty nine over the weekend. Yeah, against the Spurs and then the Warriors. So he doesn't he doesn't have to have that added pressure of feeling like he's got to come back and completely save this team because they've been playing well. To and and, and that I think that helps him because it's not like okay, Ja. We've been sucking without you. You got to come back and, and kind of give us a resurgence. No, they've been playing well. Dylan Brooks he has been has. doing his thing. Jaron Jackson's been balling offensively. <laughs> and now you get Ja back into it. So it only it only makes it better. He doesn't have to save anything. You know what's funny about Dylan, though? What always cracks me up is like when they're losing, everyone's against Dylan. Yeah. And he shoots like 20% given every, any given night. If they lose the ball game, it's like, oh, Dylan, uh, we don't need him going forward. Then when he shoots 20% in a win and is awful on the offense, everybody's like, that. damn, did you see that defense he played last night? <laughs> exactly. He was unbelievable. What an enforcer. Yeah. It's like it, win, wins and losses literally define who Dylan Brooks is in the eyes of Grizzlies fans. And it cracks me up. But Pretty no, true. Ja coming back is going to be massive. And I think for the Western Conference, you just look up and down the Western Conference. Right now, the Kings are the most consistent team. And yep. You're tied for them. Are you tied in, in, in standings in right now for the second spot in the Western Conference with them? Yep. Like, I think ultimately, as much issues as the, as the Grizzlies have gone through with Stephen Adams being hurt, with John the off court stuff, with at times Jaron was hurt to start the year, Zaire Williams not coming along, like the West is still open as hell. And yep. like, the, there's no telling what the Grizzlies can do once they get into a playoff series at full strength. So, I think overwhelmingly we should all just view this positively. And as far as jobbing on the floor again, and you ask, okay, what's he going to look like when he comes back? He's going to look like John Moran. Exactly. Like, spoiler alert. He's going to be able to score 20 whenever the hell he wants. He'll have his 21-point, 22-point quarters. He had a 28-point quarter already this year. Like, he's going to be John Moran. Yep. It's not like he's been out for three months or anything. But like, like a Western Conference, like I guess when the Suns get back KD, you start thinking better about them. I have always been. I have not been out on the Clippers. I'm not out on the Clippers yet. I think they have an ability. I mean, Russ, uh, PG, Kawhi, plus their bench of uh, uh, Norman Powell and uh, uh, Eric Gordon. Like they have so many guys that that, that can go deep, and they're all, they have a lot of two way players. Terrence Mann's a two way player. Um, Kawhi's a two-way player. PG's a two-way player. So Bones Highland. <laughs> he ain't no damn two-way player. But he's another bench piece on the offensive right. end that they can utilize. Like, that's a team that I'm still somewhat in on. Warriors, I'm kind of out on. I'm sorry. Like, their past is scary. Their past is scary. Yeah. Their present is not scary. Their, their defense stinks. Their bench stinks. If it's not st- – Stephen Curry going off for 40 in a night. They they struggle on the offensive end at times. Like, And they're, what, 7-28 and 28 on the road? I mean, come on. I, how am I supposed to believe in that when you have to play on the road? And they're in the seven spot right now. Right. So they're in the play-in. They're going to have to play on the road consistently. Right. It's just Who hard you, for me to buy in. So right now in the Western Conference, the play-in is the Golden State Warriors are 7, Oklahoma City Thunder 8, Minnesota Timberwolves 9, Los Angeles Lakers 10, You've got Utah tied with the Lakers, uh, New Orleans Pelicans half game back from that ten spot. Who do y'all see Ooh. last few weeks of the season? Who do y'all see in that play-in tournament? Um, I think the Lakers can make a run. I mean, that's the obvious answer for me. And I think the Thunder are hungry. They could surprise some folks. Yeah, it's SGA's ho- it's, been it, it's, ho- it's hard not to say Lakers Warriors though, just because of the players that they have. 
I'm telling you. I know you're. I know you're saying you're out on the Warriors. I'm not but out, listen, I can, you can never be fully out exactly. on the Warriors, and I agree with that. And that's the thing. But if you just look at the metrics and you look at what they've done, it hasn't like, been great. Their bench is horrible. Their defense is horrible. It's yep. not. It's not. Their regular season numbers usually re- reflect at least a little bit what they can do in the playoffs. If they do what they do in the regular season in the playoffs, they'll get knocked out in the first round. It Agreed. Won't be, it won't be close. Agreed. But that's just for best money. Lakers yep. Warriors just. It just seems that way. What do you think, real quick, about uh, over the weekend Dylan Brooks and continuing to go after Clay? And Clay's like, Clay said something about Dylan Brooks, basically saying, "Well, what's it going to look like when he's retired after ten years? Clay, they won't remember his ass." Yeah, and then Clay's he's counting. Cornball. He's the counting rings. his rings. It's like if they, I'll say this: I think if you're counting your rings down by whatever they were down by, double digits. You're fighting a losing battle, aren't you? A like you're bit. getting your ass kicked. That a night. little bit. In the four losses, too, get this: in the four losses that the Warriors have taken by the Grizzlies, Clay's a combined minus ninety-four in those games. Wow! So he's been terrible yeah, against the Grizzlies this year. Pretty rough. Yeah. But you, want a, you want a first-round matchup: Grizzlies versus the Warriors? That'd be sweet. That'd be awesome. It'd be and, fun. I, and I like that matchup for the Grizzlies. I do. They played well against. Them. I do. Now it's the only thing that the Grizzlies have to get over in that series is the mental hurdle. Right, of but it being damn, the Warriors. It's the Warriors. Yeah. But other than that, like, best on best, shit. I don't mind it. I don't mind it this year. Now, Andrew Wiggins, could, if he's a part of the equation, right. it becomes a little tougher. But even then, even when he's been on the floor this year, they've been mid. Right. They've been average. So, I guess we'll see. They're matched up against the Mavs right now. Mavs right now. Six. Yep. So, I, what do you think about that matchup? Mavs don't play defense. The Mavs really don't scare me, honestly. Oh. Because it's it's Luca and Kyrie, but yeah. they're still trying to figure out the backcourt and how that's going to work Bullock, together. Tim Hardaway Jr. They just don't have much outside of them, too. Christian Wood, I guess, is a good player, right? But like Maxi Kleber and like it's hard to win in the playoffs without multiple good players. And also, it's hard to win in the playoffs when you defensively have nothing, just not you have good, no juice. Yeah. Like because the the whistle starts to get swallowed a little bit when you get into the playoffs and. I, I, you have to score if you're the Mavs in the playoffs. You're gonna have to score at least 120 a night to go win a ball game. Right. And I just don't know if that's you're capable of doing that night to night against some of the defense that will de- will be displayed right. in the Western. They Conference. they just don't have that defensive versatility and athleticism that no. a lot of teams in the NBA do now. They have none of it. So, but they but damn those two those two scores they can score Sheesh. they can score those two scores will get after you. All right, Kenny, number three. Well. Coming off of USC 285. Gas yourself up. Gas yeah. yourself up to start it. Kenny. Obviously, we had Come a. On. Obviously, we had a uh, you know a monumental uh, match with uh, John Jones coming back and defeating Cyril Gone very quickly, but then kind of under the radar, I think UFC 286 happened this past weekend. Um, you know, at the beginning of the year, I said, "Man, I want Kamaru to have his to get his belt back. He's the rightful you know champion of that division. He's one of the best ever." Um, y'all, y'all were very adamant that he would, that he would, that Leon was, you know, over, over his skis, that that was a lucky shot. And I, you know, I'll just be, I'll be frank with you guys. I saw Kamaru and it felt like to me that he was trying to convince himself that he was that violent dude again. And that to me felt like a stretch and like there was a lack of respect through and through and so from the from you know over the weekend i said man i didn't watch out for leon man i think leon's gonna get this and he ultimately ended up defending his belt in england what'd y'all think about that those fights it was a solid card 
Yeah, that's solid. Nothing spectacular by After any means. After coming off 285, it's just Right. And a sandwich in between 287, which is headlined by Adesanya and Pajeda. So, this one's kind of just thrown in there. But it was in London, so it was fun. Like, the, the crowd was pretty nuts. But nothing was... Nothing was overwhelming about this card. Nothing just screamed, this is an amazing card, other than Justin Gaethje and Rafael Fazeev. That was an amazing fight. By and the way, I, that's something me and you, I definitely was hardcore. Gaethje? Uh, yeah, I was, yeah, I was, I was Gaethje's going to win this fight. Because Fazeev has gotten a lot of credit through his career for throwing paws, but Gaethje's one of the best that, best that we see. Yeah, and lightweight. Fazeev is Fazeev is lightning fast though. Yeah, like my goodness, he is it. He's an extreme athlete. But Gaethje will take it on the chin and give it right back. And he didn't even take that much of a beating. Like if you yep. look at him in his post fight press conference, like he's really not, no bruises, no cuts. And Fazeev looked tough. Plus two thirty cash, by the way. Plus two thirty cash. We both had unknowingly both had Kamar Usman to win by knockout. <laughs> that didn't happen. And we were both wrong. <laughs> okay, now. With that fight, Leon must have had the camp of his life. He didn't let Kamaru do anything he wanted. He didn't let him do anything he did in the first fight. That where, where first Kamaru or second had, fight. Or, or the second, second, sorry. Yeah, yeah. But he didn't let him do any of that stuff. No ground and pound. Didn't let him get on the ground. Four for 15 on takedowns. Takedown defense was great. And he just fed him hands. He made it to a stand-up fight, and that's not, that's not what Kamaru does. No. He likes to mix it up between the ground and the stand-up, and... He's an improved striker, obviously working with Trevor Whitman and Justin Gaethje, uh, and has has had some really good striking performances, but they've been mixed in with wrestling when you're worried about the takedowns, when he's mixing up the level changes. And it's like Leon really just wasn't worried about him taking him down. And he, he didn't have to be because Kamaru couldn't get him down when he got him up the, against the fence. He got him down, like you said, four times, and Leon pretty much popped right back up every single time was killing him with the leg kicks. The leg kicks were brutalizing so, Kamaru. This is going to set up what I think is going to be a really damn hard fight for Leon to win, and I mean this, honestly. Colby? It's going to be Colby. Versus, and I hate Colby. <laughs> Everyone hates Colby. Yeah. But Colby can definitely beat Leon. And I Colby holding that damn belt is going to hurt my soul. It'll hurt see. everybody's soul. Nobody God. wants to see all that trash. What does he say when he opens up all of his, uh, his videos? Hey, nerds and virgins. Yeah. What a... God, what a clown he's show. A, he's a deep. But that's going to set up that, and that bothers me. But it could, it's likely going to be a really good fight. Yeah. Stylistically, both of those dudes will stand in the pocket and scrap. Colby's not afraid to get hit or to throw punches. I think in the welterweight division, he has some of the highest thrown strikes in a fight of all time. So that could be a war. But this wasn't what I was expecting. And literally right before the fight started... Uh, you know how, like, on the UFC broadcast, they'll pop up the tweets in the sidebar yeah. box? Teddy Atlas tweeted something, and it said, uh, "Every everyone I've ever coached, every fighter I've ever talked to, every coach I've ever talked to has said winning a belt makes you 20 to 30%. A 20 to 30% better fighter immediately. Because you're, so, you're, so, con you're yeah. so confident. And, I mean, yeah, Leon that's what it. we saw. Because Leon looked terrified in the last fight. He and looked, I think there's something to what Kenny's saying about Kamaru trying to prove it to himself again. Right. Like, he's got a, you got knocked out, and it's the first time really that's ever happened. He's got to remind himself that he's that good. And right. it's just hard to do that. Yeah. And Leon that. was 
clearly the better fighter was so confident striking was money he had a couple fouls that made yeah. it a little sketchy fence grab nut shot eye poke there's a lot I don't know how they recover from getting hit in the nuts I don't either <laughs> that's ridiculous man. Kamaru took one flush and was just like <laughs> we're straight they give you what five minutes to recover yeah, I think you can I, have up to like two to five minutes, yeah, something like that. Man, I, there's no you're, way. You're I'm milking done. it. No, I'm done. You're done. I'm done. You're brother. throwing Come in the on. towel. Yeah, I'm done. No chance. I so, probably throw up in the ring. Probably. Yeah. They got them steel cups on, man. It's like hitting a Is brick it steel? wall. Yeah. Oh, okay. They they they're they're called tie cups. They have these like strings attached that go all the way around your legs, and it just fits perfectly. Should like, we ask why Kenny knows this? This sounds like an inordinate amount of research. I have two pairs downstairs <laughs> that I wear sometimes. <laughs> when, like, I'm, when I'm feeling dangerous. Yeah, I'd like to see Gabe Coon in the taco. All right. All right, buddy. All right. We're going to have to end the episode on that. I see. I, I'm going to have to leave here. Christian's overdoing it. I can't, I can't be around when he gets this way. You have any more thoughts on UFC 286? No, no, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, we can't go back after that one. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys for hanging out with us this week. Head over to bluffcitymedia.co. Check out all the content we got going over there. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Follow the pod on Instagram and on the Bluff Pod on YouTube at Bluff City Media. Subs are coming up mainly because of Gabe Coon and how good looking he is. Uh, but just keep. Keep pumping those numbers up. As I mentioned over the weekend, Kenny loves seeing those subs go up. So y'all keep clicking that button, make it go up, and we'll see y'all back here next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of On the Bluff. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and a comment wherever you download your podcasts. Head over to www.bluffcitymedia.co where you will find comprehensive coverage of Tiger Athletics and how you can become a contributor. We'll see you back here next week.